Marcheseau slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back to Donov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. See if he's paying attention. Uh, let's check it out from the Finley Chevrolet Las Vegas Studios of Fox Sports. It's uh, home of the... There we are. He's right on top of it. Uh, it's Chris Chapman, uh, Darren Millard, uh, bringing it to you. Uh, I'm in Studio 31 at City National Arena and here on the phone to chat about what's going on in this bizarre world of the Stanley Cup playoffs is our goalie guru, uh, the co-founder of Ingoal Magazine. Check him out at ingoalmag.com. Uh, it's the Ingoal Radio Podcast. Uh, it is Kevin Woodley on the phone with us. Uh, he's from in Edmonton right now. I don't know whether he's in Edmonton trying to work on some goaltending angles after what happened last night between the Flames and the Oilers, but it'd be a good place to start. Uh, Woodley, uh, we've got teams averaging four-plus goals a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's not supposed to happen. No, no. I mean, that one last night left me in the fetal position on the couch. That was, uh, <laughs> that was tough to watch from a goaltending perspective. So, um, you know, I mean, hey, like, like big picture, uh, I was kind of dismissive of a lot of the talk that, you know, offense was back in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, because of the goal totals being up this year, uh, I pointed more to the fact we'd had 119 goalies play in the league. That was a record. A lot of them maybe not ready for the opportunity. Uh, and the fact that that also means we had a lot more defensemen and forwards playing, uh, whether it was COVID, whether it was the schedule down the stretch, just felt like the structure disappeared in front of a lot of these guys. And for a lot of them, it was too much. And so I thought, you know, all the hype over the increase in offense may have been a little overstated. But i got to be honest, the way it's continuing in the playoffs at a time when things normally uh, tighten up in the National Hockey League, yeah, maybe I was wrong. I mean, we'll see next year, but maybe I was a little premature in dismissing it because uh, the scoring trend has continued, much to the chagrin of myself and the rest of the goaltending union. Well, it really hurts me uh, that we didn't get to see the true Vegas Golden Knights uh, this year because of all the injuries, uh, seeing where all the goals are coming from and uh, and the offense being put up. Uh, but when you talk about the Definitely, they had a team built for that, for sure. Yeah, it, it's just uh, there, and it was uh, begging for them uh, to, to get healthy, and it didn't happen. But when you, when you examine uh, the goaltending position, uh, you say it it hasn't changed. So are, are coaches coaching offense now instead of, trying to prevent goals you know what i think i think i think the goaltenders have actually played a little bit of a role in this to be honest with you uh, goaltending so? coaches for sure um so there's a couple things here like one for sure the skill has been better i think in the last five years the trend i've seen and i see it in the summers working with goalies at nhl camps shooters coming out shooters working with skilled coaches for the longest time like goalies have been going to school on the skill of the position, on their skills, on improving their technical foundation every summer for the last 20-plus years. Like back to when I sort of started covering the position in detail in the early 2000s. The summers were a time to improve your game. And, you know, their, their puck shooting peers, the forwards and the defensemen, it was all bigger, stronger, faster there. And that's all they did in the summer besides golf, right? Like just get bigger, stronger, faster, play a little shinny, uh, do some scrimmage skates, 
now they're working with these shooting coaches, guys like Daryl Belfry who work with the Leafs as well as private yeah. clients like Patrick Kane and, and so many others. They're finally working on their skills as well as getting bigger, stronger, faster. So I think that's one part of it. I think the other part is, you know, frankly, analytics. And, you know, and, and I don't mean a lot of the public information. I mean a lot of the proprietary stuff where you're digging into, I think, a clear side analytics where um, Stephen Valaket's work on cross-ice passes plays that are moved, pucks that are moved across the slot line, which kind of an imaginary line that divides the offensive zone from the goal line to the top of the circles. Anytime you can move a puck across the slot line or a pass or a carry and get a quick shot, you increase your chances of scoring by like over 30%, depending on the type of play, just because you've made, like think of it from a goaltending perspective, but the puck moves from the dot to the dot. I go from facing one side of the ice to the other. i got to make a full 180-degree turn to get to that second spot. It's a lot of movement. It's hard to get there. It's hard to beat that play, be set, be square. Uh, and so that type of dynamic offense, I think the Penguins did it really well when they won their two Stanley Cups in a row. I know for a fact that the Washington Capitals went to school on how the Penguins did that, preventing those types of plays at one end, trying to generate them at the other. And as a matter of fact, in that Cup final against Vegas, um, you know, and that was the goalie coach, Scott Murray at the time, getting a chance to influence how Washington attacked and continuing it right into that final. They felt like, I remember watching that and being like, man, like even knowing that, I couldn't believe how much they passed out of good shooting looks on odd man rushes. But the mandate was to make that pass and get it through because they knew how much it increased their chances of scoring. And I think it led, or no, I didn't say all of it, but it played a direct role in them winning the Stanley Cup. And so what happens when you have you know, the Penguins two years in a row and then the Washington Capitals win cups that way? You get copycats. And more people figuring out that that's the type of offense that leads to goals. Um, and it's goalie coaches who understand how to score and how to beat goalies that are you know, a part of this conversation. They betrayed the union. I think we should have them all uh, strung up. Might be a little bit of strong terms, but they should all have to pay a price for betraying and the, in union. the union. cards. That's part of the job, right? So last night, 9-6, Calgary beats Edmonton in a game that was – put away to bed uh, a couple of times and Edmonton finds a way to get back into it. Is, is that uh, a unique game, a one-off, or is it closer to what we're going to see the rest of the way than, uh, than you'd care to admit? Am I going to be in the fetal position tomorrow yes. night on the couch as I watch is what you're asking? I, I um, wonder. Like, Calgary's I done this back-to-back game, scored nine goals against Edmonton. It's been over, over a couple of uh, months, but still. Yeah, they, they've hung a nine spot on when you're right a couple of times. Um, listen, I, I think part of this had to do with the first-round series that both of these teams had. With all due respect to the Dallas Stars, who defended like crazy and got an otherworldly performance from Jake Ottinger, and the Los Angeles Kings, who took the Oilers to seven games. Like Neither of those teams have dynamic offenses. Uh, the Stars have some great defensemen, including you know generating offense. They, got, they had one line that was great, but... Beyond that, there wasn't a lot there. And, and the Kings, frankly, struggled to generate. And so I think what you had was Calgary and Edmonton feeling really good about their defensive games based on series where maybe the defensive results were better than the actual defensive performances just because the opponents, frankly, had pop gun attacks. So I think there might have been that factor. Both of those teams going into that game thinking, hey, we're playing pretty darn well. And the Oilers defensively were a tire fire in that game. Like as much as the focus in Edmonton, where I am, is Mike Smith and Miko Koskin. And i got to be honest with you, Darren, I was driving. I'm here for a volleyball national tournament with my youngest. And as I was driving into their first game this morning, I had Sports Talk Radio. Because, you know, 
14-year-old girls love nothing yeah, more than exactly. listening to sports talk radio. You're such a fun dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the talk, honest to goodness, was should they start Stuart Skinner, who they just called up from the American Hockey League after the Bakersfield Condors wow. season ended? They're actually already starting to think beyond the two guys that played last night in this market. It's that I don't think the coaches are considering it. It's going to be Mike Smith. He played so well in April. But, you know, the market is talking about that. So um, they were so bad defensively. I looked at the numbers this morning. I tweeted them out this afternoon. Uh, people want to check it out. Like, their expected goals was almost seven against. There was no back pressure. There was poor reads in the neutral zone, bad pinches, and absolutely no defensive presence around their own net. So if it's the Oilers, you just can't afford to do that, and you would think they will be better defensively. If I'm the Flames, I'm almost a little more nervous, as odd as that might sound for a team that, like you said, has hung a nine spot their last two times against this opponent. And the reason I'm nervous is the way they beat Jacob Markstrom. Um, hey, it may be a one-off, and he may be get back to his form right away in game two. He's a hell of a goalie. He's a deserving Vezina Trophy finalist. But I'm telling you, Darren, there are some things in the way he's moving right now, uh, a lack of rotation. Uh, I talked about it going into the series, so this isn't hindsight. Uh, I would be attacking him low, far side, just over the pad all day long. Uh, he's sort of leaving that behind him, uh, both in terms of when he retreats on rushes, he's not staying square to those. He's sort of coming back in a straight line. And as you know, if you leave that, that backside flat and you don't yeah. rotate with that play down the wing, you end up off angle. And when you're off angle, you have exposure, low, far side. You also have more pucks that will go through you and find those holes. And whether it was rush chances or low high, because he does the same thing on his post play right now, no rotation with, rotation with the backside edge, they were hammering on it. And it looked to me like they were targeting it. And so if this continues, I could be wrong here. This could just be a one-off where those pucks all went in on him. But I see a trend here. And I'd be curious to see if Edmonton can, continues to try and yeah. attack him in that way. And if so, Jacob's going to have to get that rotation back in his game in short order or the Oilers could get back in this series really quick, assuming they start to actually defend and their guys stop stopping a few, start stopping a few pucks at the other end. Well, in Markstrom's defense, uh, going from the Dallas series where it was uh, defend, 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 or the puck was at the other end, uh, and then facing Edmonton with that speed, that's got to be an adjustment uh, for him. Uh, Kevin Woodley yeah, with us uh, from uh, Ingle Magazine. You said you tweeted it out. What's your Twitter handle? i got to remember. Kevin is in goal. Yes. I knew that. That's I wanted important. you to say it. Uh, I had, Kevin, I had to think. I had to think. I mean, I've gone through multiple time zones. I was in Montreal for a CCM goalie summit on the weekend with uh, Ian Clark and some goalie coaches, you know, the Vancouver Canucks goalie coaches, some other goalie coaches. Then I flew home. Then I flew to Edmonton. I'm discombobulated today, Darren. So my apologies for not remembering my own Twitter handle. Well, I'll give you a, a short one then, at least size-wise. Is, is Antti Ranta the best goalie left in the playoffs or playing the best in, in the playoffs? He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he plays for Carolina. doesn't get a ton of respect. And in fact, the only reason he's playing is because Freddie Anderson's hurt. But is, is he playing the best right now? He's up there. I mean, you know, Jay Cottinger's out, so the yeah. list got and 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 the, the two guys who had nine forty nine fifty save percentage in the first round were in that in, in in Calgary last night, and we saw how that ended. Yeah, you could certainly you could certainly make that argument there, and I hadn't thought to to, to that level, but you could make that argument. Uh, his adjusted numbers are exceptional, um, and good for him because here's the reality: uh, up until the injuries, just basically, you know became a, the dominant storyline uh, surrounding Antiranta his last year uh, with the Arizona Coyotes uh, before signing with Carolina this year. Like, like Antti, in addition to being just a really great guy, 
is a hell of a goalie. And his numbers, his adjusted numbers before the injuries just basically kept him out of the net, um, you know, consistently year over year since he left the Rangers. And, and they, like, they were top five, top ten. Like, he's been an elite goalie for a long time. And so um, the numbers weren't quite as good throughout this season. There were some absences due to injury. I mean, he was a full percentage point below Freddie Anderson on the year in Carolina. And so I did worry about a drop-off. But with the chance to play more and more steadily, um, he has really risen to the occasion and kind of looks like the, the goalie I remember when before the injuries took all that toll in Arizona. And so as long as he can stay healthy, and that's, that's a big if for Antiranta over the past couple of years, I, I like their chances with him in that he is giving them everything they could ask for, and he's doing it for only $2 million this year. So, um, yeah, I was nervous about that signing for Carolina because of some of the stories you heard about the injuries. I mean, he missed a game where he got hurt uh, in his pregame nap at one point last year. So that's, that's a little worrisome. Uh, full credit to him, full credit to them for building trust of the medical staff uh, and allowing him to feel good about his body and feel good about his game again. Because like I said, he's a heck of a goalie and I, I'm happy that he's getting the opportunity to show the rest of the world or remind the rest of the world he's still capable of that. Uh, I know you got to go, but what was the injury in the nap? I, I can't remember what the injury was. I don't know if it was ever made public, but he pulled something basically waking up from a pregame nap and actually had to pull the shoot on a scheduled start that night. So oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> it was, uh, it may be just like a, you know how it is. Like you can sneeze yeah. and pull something. It totally. happens, but it just became, became part of that. Well, especially me, right? Like I can barely get out of bed without getting hurt, but I can't um, ride a it just bike, became man. part of the narrative for him. Yeah. I took the training wheels off and I got hurt. Um, uh, will goaltending be a decider in this Stanley cup or will it be, just the tag-along partner, the way things are going? No, it's really interesting because I think irregardless, you have to have it, right? Like the, the teams that don't have it um, are out. Well, even some of them that had it are out. But I do think, you know, not to – not to. I mean, I'm worried the goalie union is going to hear this, come in and take the card right out of my pocket as I they, say it. I still take Vasilevsky over everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, he wasn't very good in the first round there. And, again, like no. you know, the numbers I have access to really – what we're doing is we're waiting shot quality. Because goaltending never exists in a vacuum. And so raw numbers, you're comparing apples to oranges. You really need to understand the context of shot difficulty and shot quality that a goalie faces. And when you weigh that in the first round, by the time it ended, even after Game 7, Vasilevsky was 21st out of 26 goalies in the first round. But I would still vote. I'd be with you. I would pick him and ride him because this actually isn't that far out of the normal for him. Even when they won the two, you know, three years ago, didn't make it out of the first round. It didn't look good doing it. Even the last two seasons, even for the last two seasons when they won the Stanley Cup, um, if you look back to his first round performances, like that's not been Vassy at his best. Like he struggled in the first rounds of each of two seasons. And, and I said this in the Toronto series: your fear, if you were the Maple Leafs, is, is the series went on, he would get better, and he looked better in Game Seven. He looked better early in the second round, and so it's the third straight year I've said this. He's at he's he's most he's still in my mind the best goalie in the world. Couple guys pushing for that title, but that he still owns it. But early in the playoffs, for whatever reason, is when he looks his most, for lack of a better term, gettable. And I thought he looked gettable in that first round. Toronto couldn't close the deal, and I think he's looked less gettable as it's gone on here. A couple games into the second round, and uh, you know, Florida's got a team that can get to any goalie. Uh, but you know, as he sort of starts to get his feet under him, um, I, you know, you, you just start to see more and more of the Vasilevsky who lifted the cup at the end of the last few seasons. 
You can check out uh, more from Kevin Woodley in goalmag.com. Kevin is in goal and Twitter, and uh, you are in Edmonton at a volleyball tournament. Didn't look like a volleyball last night for the goaltenders in Calgary, I can tell you that. Uh, how's the volleyball tournament? How are you, how are you making out up there? Uh, the girls were one and two today. It's so not the best start. They lost the last one in the, in a, in a tiebreaker in the third set. So What's they're playing that? What's well. They're having fun. It's a great experience. The good news is by losing that game, they start later tomorrow morning. So I don't have to be there at seven. Oh, so big I told the coach that. that was a great job. Yeah. It's a big win for, what's a tiebreaker in volleyball? I'm curious. Because like, they, I mean, the shootout we know in hockey and stuff. They just keep going. So basically, uh, cause there are time limits. Mean, yeah. Honestly, Darren, it's like a Harry Styles concert here. There's like quite literally thousands of screaming teenage girls in a, in like these massive like like there's like 16 games going on at a time in one of the rooms we were in. It's it's just madness. But um, there's time limits, obviously, and so I think they they play the first two sets, and if you go to a third set tiebreak, it's best of 15. But there is a clock too, so if you run out of clock before somebody's gotten to 15, they call it. And the other thing is you gotta you've got to win by two, kind of like tennis, right? Yeah. So it's it's still the same thing, but that's where they got to. They got to the win by two point at 15 all in the third game, and uh, got down by one and ran out of time and actually didn't even lose by two. So oh. hell of a job by them, and it's been fun to watch, and back at it tomorrow morning. What a great experience, even oh. though I'm in Edmonton. I'm kind of – it's miserable. It's cold. I'm kind of ready to go Chris Pronger and say, get me out, but I'll hang oh. in there for a couple oh. more days. Uh, we're, we're filing the protest on behalf of uh, your daughter's team. Uh, just, just let them know that uh, there's no time for He's a multi-sports right, star. Multi-sports star, uh, Kevin Woodley. Uh, Kevin's in goal on Twitter, ingoalmag.com on uh, the World Wide Web. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, always my pleasure. Good to talk to you, Darren. And I apologize, uh, sort of, sorry for the background noise. Uh, team dinner at a restaurant. I stepped outside, but it's pretty noisy here, so hopefully it wasn't too bad. Well, hopefully the, uh, the chicken fingers didn't get cold. Oh, for sure the girls have eaten all of mine by now. <laughs> Be good, pal. All the best, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Kevin Woodley uh, from InGoalMag.com. I uh, work with Kevin a little bit on the uh, the podcast that they do. Uh, just uh, purely uh, from educating myself because they're so knowledgeable over there, uh, keeping you up to date on all the different trends uh, in the position and being able to uh, be one step uh, ahead of the game. You can hear people talk, even former goaltenders. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm lucky enough that I get to work with uh, with uh, Darren Elliott, the Olympian, and uh, he's so dialed in, but there's others that, that are out there for goaltending. They don't know as much as Kevin does, so it's a, it's a great uh, opportunity to learn from him and you get the, the technical part of it, but also uh, the part Part of it that maybe has nothing to do with goaltenders right now and that 9-6 game kind of uh, alludes to it is the skill level of the players has elevated and it's not just Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon right now uh, but uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, puts on a show last night uh, uh, Johnny Gaudreau is playing the best hockey I've ever seen Johnny Gaudreau play right now uh, with the with the skill level and it's just extraordinary how much the puck is able to go in right now and uh, Matthew Kachuk scores the uh, the the, the hat trick uh, last night Chapman how how much do you value the tradition of the hat trick goal well, I know Keith Kachuk did not participate no. in, in the uh, the celebration, but uh, I I like it. I think it's one of the cool things in our in, in our sport the, the 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 celebration of the hat trick. Um, you know, and and it took a long time to clean those hats up. Last it night. really did. But you know what? What what amazes me, and and this is the cool thing about watching these things with your spouse for the first time. She noticed it, but. 
all the all the fans in Calgary literally are all wearing the same jersey. Like to me, yeah, yeah, I, no. I I am blown yeah. away. Like I think it's so cool that everybody is dressed exactly the same way. It's almost like a European feel. Like when you watch a soccer match or or you watch a European hockey game, the the, the fact that everybody is in unison. I think that's great, but to, to answer your question, I love the hat trick. Like, like I'm always rooting for guys to get hat tricks, especially in the playoffs. It's cool. Now, can you name another sport where fans can litter the surface of the activity, whether it's the playing surface or the racetrack or whatever, and it not be any type of violation? Uh, no, no. I mean, sometimes you see stuff thrown on, on the field, and it's it's – Obviously, not for a good reason. Right. It's soccer, there's stuff thrown on the field all yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. whether it's flares or uh, uh, the, the the streamers and things like that. But it's not supposed to be. No. This is like it's the only sport that I know of where it's not just accepted; it's encouraged. If somebody scores a hat trick, you throw that damn hat on there. Yeah, there's no celebration if a guy hits three home runs in one game. No, like you're getting kicked out of the stadium if you throw a hat on the field. Or, or I something. have, I have seen. I have seen hats thrown on the ice for a three-home run game, or on the field. Really? Uh, for a three-home run game. Are we talking uh, Edmonton Trappers game? It's 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 rather unique uh, that side of it, but and, and it's a small number. But but you've got Matthew Chuck scoring those three goals last night, and pops who who uh, is just a, a just a true beauty. Uh, one of my favorite guys. I love him to death. Uh, I was texting him back and forth last night, and uh, and we were loving what we were seeing because Brady. Uh, the captain of the Ottawa Senators is having like the time of his life watching Matthew, his uh, his big brother, uh, score these uh, these points and these wins uh, for Calgary. And then Pops and uh, their daughter uh, is uh, Matthew. Uh, Matthew's sister is there as well, and they're making this turn into a, a great family occurrence. But uh, but you've got Big Walt, uh, the dad who's made a ton of money and he's not throwing his hat on there. <laughs> like he the cameras caught him, he refused to throw his hat on there. Do you have a favorite hat, a hat that you would not? Uh yeah, and and generally if I go to a hockey game as if I I I found out the hard way one time at a Wranglers game, uh someone scored a hat trick and I had to throw my Mets fitted hat onto the ice and that's like a $35 hat. I'm like, "Oh Ooh. no." But uh I I learned my lesson not to wear my favorite hat to a hockey game if I'm going as a fan. I will say this, I don't think it's because Keith was was not, you know, I'm obviously the guy. I don't, I don't think it's a financial thing. I say this as a guy who has bad hair. Pete doesn't, or Keith doesn't have well, any hair. That's it, though. Maybe it's a security thing because because he has no hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. like for him, maybe it's, uh, I'm not comfortable. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know. No, but, Walt and I are buddies. I'll say this. I wasn't going there last night. No, no. You know, I, like, I, I, I consider us friends. But I wasn't gonna ask him, hey, buddy, why not throw? The hopefully, hat on hopefully there? he he doesn't get wind of of you saying that he he might be insecure about about his hair. I never said that. You said that. <laughs> you actually, uh, yeah, yeah brought, I know. Uh, brought, so brought that let, thing up. Let's hope he's not. He doesn't find out because he may never come on the show if if that's the case. What do you think of Brady being so? Active? I love it. I do love you? it. Oh I think, my I think god, it's, I think it's, it's great. It's, and you know what? A little I'll, strange. I think it's a little strange that he's a captain of another team. Well. I think it. I think family. Am I being too hockey there? Yeah, I think so. Family yeah. comes before. Like, look, if Mark, if look, Mark Stone's brother is on on the Flames. Yeah, Mark. And, I got an update on Mark. And, and, uh, and I, uh, I would imagine just a little bit. If if Mark was there, he might be sitting with Brady, celebrating the Flames win. 
high f- so. high fiving Calgary fans <laughs> on the way out of the out of the building. I don't think so. Look, I love it. I I love that stuff. Look, that's your brother. It's family. Nothing comes before family. Doesn't matter if you're the captain of the Ottawa Senators. And and I've seen a lot of Senators fans on on Twitter. They're all on board. They're like, look, if this if this motivates him and helps helps him get get our team in the playoffs because he's getting to witness this, then we're all for it. Okay, for those of you who haven't seen it, just type in Brady Kachuk, and it starts TK uh, with Kachuk, and just see some of the pictures. I'm not Brady could have a better time if he was playing. Oh, it's than, great! Than he's, it's than he's great. having right now, running up and down, high fiving fans. I I love that. That's great. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back with a Mark Stone update. I uh, want to let you know on uh, what's going on on his front, as well as news and notes from around the National Hockey League. I will tell you Tampa Bay and Florida are underway. They're into the second period. Uh, the other game tonight uh, involves Colorado and St. Louis, and that's a big game for the Blues. And we'll get into uh, that a little bit more on uh Edmonton, Calgary, and Carolina and the New York Rangers. It's uh, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGA Insider Show. Let's get right to it. Uh, Great news uh, released by the Vegas Golden Knights earlier today. Mark Stone underwent a successful lumbar disectomy with Dr. Robert Watkins at Cedars-Sinai Marina Del Rey Hospital. He's expected to be ready to play in the regular season. Disectomy is not something that I've ever said. Disectomy? How do you say that? How do you pronounce it properly? I've never spent time in medical school. Chapman, you have, like a couple of times, you got really close. Yes, to your to your degree and becoming a doctor, and you decided to to do this instead. So, how do you say that? Well, it looks like disectomy. All right, D I S K disc. Yeah, uh, it's the surgical removal of the damaged portion of a herniated disc in the spine. I can tell you that. Wow, so you do remember some stuff from medical yes, school? Yes, yes, I do. Well done. Yes. Impressive. Uh, herniated <laughs> disc. Uh, we all know people that have had them. Uh, and if uh, you don't know somebody that's had them, uh, it'll it'll come to you. Trust me. Uh, so that's uh, that's great news. And uh, even better is uh, that Mark Stone is expected to be ready to play for the regular season. Uh, I'm amazed in watching last night's game, and this one in particular, the Calgary Edmonton contest in which Calgary and Edmonton went back and forth. It was uh, like just put out there. Like it was, there's no chance Calgary wasn't going to win. And then two minutes into the third period, it's 6 6. Uh, But Calgary ends up scoring a couple of goals, and players are sour on the Edmonton side because they think that that Calgary's broken the rules and the referee missed the call. One was. just a, a, a weird play in which Edmonton passed the puck out of their zone and it came over the blue line into the neutral zone, hit an Edmonton player, went back in, and Chuck scored in the breakaway. Well, the puck came out. That's offside, right? No. Edmonton player shot it, Edmonton hit an Edmonton player, went back in, and the Calgary player scored. That That's like passing if back in your own zone. It's not offside. And I was shocked that uh, that there appeared to be several players that didn't know that rule. Uh, and the other one was uh, there was uh, a melee in front uh, or behind the uh, the net in which 
Oliver Shillington, a Calgary Flames defenseman, uh, got a penalty along with his buddy Matthew Kachuk, his teammate, and Evander Kane. Now, this whole thing started because Matthew Kachuk and Evander Kane got involved, and then Oliver Shillington uh, got got an extra penalty in it. Uh, even though Kane and Kachuk were the, the guys that were involved in the back and forth, it was Kachuk that came out first to even things up, and Evander Kane was beside himself because he's like, no, I went off because of that guy. Even though Calgary's shorthanded because of Shillington, uh, why is he out there? Well, you, as a captain, you go to the timekeeper and the referee and say, no, we want Kachuk out first to even things up because we want him back on the ice sooner instead of Shillington. And Evander Kane didn't know the rule. Now, it had no effect on the goal, but I was just shocked that uh, more players uh, don't know the rules. I, I think every kid when they're 15 years of age, should go to referee school just to know the rules. Every well, hockey player. I, I will say this. I'm not surprised that Evander Kane did not know the rule because um, – Now you're just being petty of that. Well, no. I, I mean, because I didn't know that rule either. It makes sense when you – You didn't know that rule. Well, I've never really thought of it. Like, yeah. it, it's not the kind of thing that happens all the time. No, you're right. But when you explain it, it makes perfect sense. Because like you want you want the better player out. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if they both take the penalty at the same time, it just makes sense that you would want the better player to come out to even strength. But boy, were they uh, was they he was arguing, and then he had to watch Matthew Kachuk go down and score. <laughs> that, was, that was that was a that was a lose lose. <laughs> that was great. Nine six was the final last night. Yeah, did not. Tell, tell me you had Jacob Markstrom giving up six goals and being the winning goalie in that game. Nope. And, I'll, and I'll tell you, you're a liar. Because nope, uh, nope, nope. I, I did not. The funny thing is, I praised him yesterday on the show with how good he had been. And Ryan was like, no, no, calm down. He's playing the Dallas Stars. Well, I, I got egg on my face with that one. Well, I'll say this. Dan Vladar is the backup for Calgary. He might be the angriest person in the city of Calgary the day after a win. Because he's probably sitting there going, what do I have to do to get in the game? You know what it reminded me of a couple of years ago when they had the, the one of the one of the games between the two teams? I can't remember who the goalie was for Edmonton, but I think Mike Smith was the goalie for Calgary. And he got pulled, and then he ended up going back in. And I think Edmonton pulled their goalie in that game as well. I can't remember who it was, but Mike Smith got pulled, ended up getting the win in the game. And there was, I think there was a pretty big line brawl in that game too. Like, I think we almost had a goalie fight or maybe we, did we have a goalie fight? Yeah, there was a goalie fight. Yeah, so so that's the game Cam I'm thinking Talbot of. was the goalie. That's right, yes. So <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. These two teams, it, it's always good stuff. And here I was saying, maybe it wouldn't live up to expectations. Will that be the last, okay, how many more years until you see another 9-6 game? Oh, it might be. In, in the playoffs, it might be a long, long time. I'm not sure you and I see another one. Oh, that's wild. Watch. We'll get one tomorrow. Dude, I would love it. It was great. I, I mean, like, you're watching that game, and for for Calgary to score three goals in, like, the first seven, eight minutes, I'm like, oh, there's, this game's over. It's going to be, like, 5-1. They were chanting 10 yeah. in the first five <laughs> yeah. minutes of the yeah. game, the crowd. They wanted 10. <laughs> and they, they, they almost got it. <laughs> and to think Miko Koskinen came in a relief and still gave up six goals. Yeah. <laughs> or five goals, I should say. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, uh, Kevin Woodley talking about uh, Stuart Skinner getting some love there. Like they, <laughs> they, they, they're into the second round. They haven't been there in a while. And the fans are still like, okay, we're done with this goal test. Uh, so Minnesota is out. You know Kevin Fiala. 
Yes. Good player. Yeah. Really good player. I'm not sure he's going back there. I, like, they're far apart in negotiations, and it may not it may not be able to to happen. And and that's with the goaltending. They got to figure that one out too, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they've got a tricky situation because I can't imagine that aforementioned Cam Talbot is too happy with. Uh, the no. situation either especially well, one with guy's only, a free agent Mark well he's Andre. only got one year left on his yeah. deal too so um certainly i can't imagine he's thrilled with the way things ended there in that season so what's what's minnesota's issue well it's the salary cap because they they bought out the two big boys what is it Parise 12 and Suter. 12 so and a half it's 82 and a half million is the salary cap right yes they're minnesota's dealing with a 69 million dollar salary <laughs> cap because of the 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 bite of the two buyouts Oh. Incredible! What that they're stings. Having to do with. That really stings. Yeah, totally. Uh, so we've got uh, the Dallas Stars are out in the uh, in the first round, and Dallas Stars general manager says, "I need to sit down with our ownership group and talk about the plan moving forward, and we'll make a decision from there. Uh, we'll know in the next uh, six days." I, I'm very curious to see uh, what they're going to do with their head coach, Rick Bonus. His contract is up. And he's only interested in signing a one-year contract from this part, point forward. So that's that's cool on Bonesy. Uh, I love that. He's not trying to uh, to hang anything on anybody and say, I, I want a three-year contract. But uh, uh, it, it might be time. He had that marvelous run through the bubble. Uh, it just, just might be time uh, to move on. Nobody's ever stood behind a bench for more games as a coach in the National Hockey League. Then Rick Bonus. That counts assistant coach games, uh, head coach games. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and I think he's sixty seven years old. Yeah. Um, so certainly a guy who who has spent a lot of time around rinks and you know, I, I think it's cool, you're right. Only asking for a one year deal. I, I mean, maybe he, he thinks that, that that could be it, but um it, it's it's nice, but you know, he's also at that age where where retirement's probably not too far away either. Uh, you know Jack Campbell, a tough seven-game series uh, on the losing side against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Toronto Maple Leaf goaltender. He's a pending unrestricted free agent. Not much talks happening between the goaltender and the uh, the hockey club, uh, according to uh, the reporting of Elliot Friedman. Uh, and even Jack Campbell says, haven't had time to think about free agency. As far as negotiating, that'll be up to uh, to my agent, Kyle Dubas. Well, I think they have a, they have another issue at goalie, and that's Peter Morazic. Well, from a cost perspective, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, they, if, they, if, they, if they could sign, uh, Campbell wouldn't take three and a half. He's looking for more than that. But the three and a half to the backup is really hurting them. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be in that situation, especially when you have a clear-cut number one in Jack Campbell just wild uh, that they've uh, they've uh, found themselves in in that position uh the carolina hurricanes would you be surprised if carolina ends up in the stanley cup final no no because it seems that they they do things that i don't expect them to do so but they uh, they just kind of go merrily along i think it would be pretty incredible if they did it with, without uh, freddie anderson yeah and i don't think he's close well then they're they're relying on ranta it, it doesn't sound like he's close. Uh, did you see the the finalist for the Jack Adams Award for for Coach of the Year? I saw that uh, Gerard Gallant's name was on there. Yeah, Daryl Sutter is is also in, involved in that. Uh, like, there's one one guy who's not up for Coach of the Year is Cooper, John Cooper, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know what he has to do 
He's back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. I know the playoffs don't count in Coach of the Year voting. But his team it goes deep every year. He's got a good team. They they uh, play to expectations. I, I'm, I'm shocked. And, and Daryl had a great year. He, he, he was awesome. Uh, Gerard Gallant got the, the New York Rangers back in the playoffs. But I just... I, I don't I don't understand why Cooper, who is great with the media too, like he's got a lot of friends in in the media, uh, like Andrew Burnett, Bruno, Bruno is a finalist for Coach of the Year. He is, he, over, is, is he the winner? He he took over from Joel Quenville uh, uh, when Quenville was suspended. He he's in there. Well, why not John Cooper? I I know he's a brunette. Uh, Tough circumstances, and uh, it was the President's Trophy winner. But you, you can't tell me that you couldn't have justified putting Cooper in there. Is this one of those situations where where someone will justify not giving Connor McDavid a, a special award because he we're holding Probably. his own standards against him? Yeah, that's that's Wallace. Like like is it? Be, yeah, but I mean to be fair, the Lightning finished what third in the division. Yeah. So I I get that. I, I understand why he's not. But not by much. No, no. But I mean, it's 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 hard to justify. But when they were win- when they were winning President's Trophy, he wasn't winning Coach of the no, Year either. No, that's that's a shame. So which one is it? I you know what? I'm not a voter, so I can't give you an answer on that. Uh, I just saw it. Uh, Mike Smith will start Game Two against the Flames after being pulled. No I'm, surprise. No, right? I'm not surprised. I mean, it's not like Koskinen went in and pitched a shutout. He was terrible. Yeah, I mean, you give up, you give up what five, six goals in relief. I mean, at that point, you, you you could have left Mike Smith, and maybe he maybe he closes the damage a little bit. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised that Mike Smith gets a start. He's your guy. Yeah, that's a that's a tough ask to see that uh, Mike Smith be put on the sidelines. Like that's that's difficult. Um, Vegas Golden Knights uh, starting the search for a new head coach. I'm not sure how far. Uh, they've gone. Have you heard any any surprise names in your travels since I last talked to you 48 <laughs> hours ago? No, no, I haven't. Um, you know, it's I, I think they're they're in a situation where they'll they'll take their time and they'll do their their due True. diligence. And- but but as as things go along, I, I find that some names get repeated a lot at the start, and then names kind of creep into the conversation. Uh, like somebody mentioned uh, Jim Montgomery. That to was me. Today. No, 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 oh, oh. no, no. Some, will you stop oh, okay. and just relax? I'm going to give you credit. <laughs> okay. All right? I wasn't going to forget about you. <laughs> okay. But somebody mentioned Jim Montgomery to me today, and I said, I've only heard that name once, uh, and I didn't buy into it a lot, uh, but that's two now that, that have, have brought it up. Now, I wouldn't put you, like, knee-deep, into the uh, information of the hockey circles when it comes to head coaches. No, that's not that's not your scene. No, but but you brought it up first, and I want to I want to acknowledge that. But you seem to want to acknowledge that yourself anyway. <laughs> well, that's what I'm all about. You know, yeah. I can pat, my, pat myself on the back when I can. Uh, who wins Tampa Bay, Florida tonight? It's one nothing, Tampa in the second period. Uh, late in the second period too, right? Um, I think Steve Stamkos left the game. I don't know if he came back. I, I saw he blocked his shot and left the game. I think Tampa, uh, Florida's got to get if they don't if they lose tonight. I think they're done. No, come on, lose both games at home. Well, Colorado won both games at home. Yes, Vegas lost both games on the road last year in the second round, 
and then won four in a row. I know it's a little bit different home way and all that kind of stuff, but they they fell behind two nothing and rolled. So don't say it's over. But yeah, it's, but it'll be really interesting. It's, that, it's that, not that the you're 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 going against a two time defending cup champion. So I think that's a that's a that's a tough ask for for Florida. What was the reaction yesterday in the conversation that Barry Trotz had been interviewed by Winnipeg? Um, not 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 a lot of surprise. I mean, I think that was to be expected. Yeah. Um, I I had read something that maybe he was talking to Philadelphia too. Is there is there any accuracy to that? Yeah, that would surprise me. Honestly, I don't know why. And I've said this to him myself, so that I'm not talking out of school here. I don't have his permission to repeat the conversation, <laughs> but but I will because I'm the one that said it. Uh, going back and forth with Rick Talkett. And I said, why hasn't Philadelphia already announced you as the head coach? He's a Hall of Famer for Philadelphia. He's top 10 in penalty minutes. He's a Canada Cupper, like he played at every great levels. Uh, won a cup with Pittsburgh. Uh, won a cup, a couple of cups as an assistant coach with Pittsburgh. Now, he doesn't have uh, the, the overwhelming success as a head coach. He coached in Tampa and, and, and uh, in Arizona. But, boy, oh boy, it just, some things I miss Something now it could be that he wants to finish his television. He's got uh, three weeks left of TV on TNT. Maybe he takes the job after that, and they're just waiting for that. Uh, I, I doubt it's that simple. But this seems pretty straightforward. That talking to Philadelphia would be a no-brainer. Although, if I'm every other team with a coaching vacancy, I'd hire him too. Yeah, I like I like him a lot as a coach. I think he had a bum deal in in, in Arizona. He did a pretty good job with a team that really wasn't committed yeah. to winning. So. I shouldn't say a team, an ownership group that doesn't seem like they were committed to winning. So uh, he's a guy, I think, given the right circumstance, he could be a successful coach. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, those are one-timers presented by Paul Powell, Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chap next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're up against it. Sorry uh, there, Chappie. No, it's uh, all good. Catching it's all up good. with Chappin. So uh, PGA Championship going on uh, this weekend started today. Unfortunately, it does not look like Tiger Woods is going to be a factor in this. He shot a four over uh, today, but more importantly, he's his leg appears to be bothering him. He, he talked afterwards about his leg not feeling well. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, it looks like Tiger is going to have a, have a rough go of it. Hopefully, he's able to make the cut and at least make things interesting. But, uh, yeah, it does not appear that Tiger Woods is going to be a factor in the, uh, the PGA Championship this week. Wow. I want to uh, give a golf shout-out to Nick, Frank, Adam, and Lawrence. Played with them yesterday at the VGK Alumni Tournament. And they they were very patient with me. Oh, you're bad. Yeah, I was terrible. But Nick, <laughs> Frank, Adam, and Lawrence, awesome guys. Uh, the Alumni Tournament was uh, a staggering success. It was outstanding. We'll be back with you tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show.